Talking Sports Podcast. I'm Roger and he's Grant and let's get to Talking Sports. Grant, we had a great week of football behind us. Crazy Monday night game, sleeper of a Sunday night game, and we got some in-season tournament going on last night in the NBA and college basketball is kicking off. So, we got a lot to talk about. I don't know if we'll get yeah, to we all of it, but... Let's start with Sunday nights, uh, not Sunday nights game. Let's just start with any Sunday games. Yeah, there was this Sunday was actually like actual good football. I loved watching all of these games. We had like five of them come down to a field goal. So we actually got a good week of football. It was some fun games to watch. Um, I was I was watching that Cincinnati and that Houston game pretty closely that was that was a really fun game to watch cj stroud was on fire joe burrow heated up as well um but yeah texans man they're in it they're they're a contender at the playoffs right now so not a super bowl contender but a playoff contender <laughs> yeah absolutely speaking of super bowl contenders the 49ers came out of their bye week just beat the crap out of the jaguars I was oh my gosh, yeah. kind of upset about that as i thought the jaguars were a team that i thought could compete for the super bowl um, they looked pretty good the past five weeks and not this week though. Trevor Lawrence did not look like the number one overall pick in the draft a few years ago. He did not look like the highly touted prospect that everyone made him out to be. And he there's a few plays where he just turtled in the backfield and I guess it's better than giving up a turnover, but it was frustrating to watch as I've had him on my fantasy team all year, man, and he yeah. put up seven lousy points. And this defense has struggled against the pass the past few weeks. Yeah, we that game was tough to watch because yeah, you and I were talking about Jacksonville being an actual like playoff contender in the AFC, and then yeah, San Francisco comes out and it looks like the San Francisco that we got at the beginning of the season, just unstoppable. Everybody's scoring except Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, they were just nuts and on fire and just seemed like Jacksonville couldn't get anything going. No, the Steelers had a good game against the Packers, swung a four-point victory in that one, and neither yep. of those teams really looks great, but it looked like Jordan Love was Jordan Love was starting to heat up, got a nice touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, and Josh Dobbs, um, going with the other Dobbs, looked great in Minnesota. They put up some points against that Saints defense. And, man, that was that was kind of a fun game. I thought Jameis Winston was going to come in and uh, win it there at the end. Um, yeah, I'd be I was interested to see, see him come in. You know, I mean, after the injury, obviously, Jameis Winston's going to come in. But I, I'm kind of surprised that they don't use Taysom Hill at quarterback a little bit more. But I think that this team would be a lot better with either of those guys than they are with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is miserable behind center right now, and yeah. they can't get anything moving. Their number one wide receiver, Chris Olave, just isn't getting fed the ball in, in his offense. and It's hurting them. It's hurting them down the stretch yeah. when they have the prime position to go win that division. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was Saints are a little tough to watch, but yeah, going back to the Vikings side of it, Josh Dobbs is doing phenomenal. I mean, he's coming out, he's performed in the last two games. Uh, his 
legitimate fantasy numbers. So if you're looking to stream quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs isn't a bad option. But, yeah, he's doing great with the Vikings. What other games stuck out to you this weekend? Obviously, oh, you that's love a, that Lions Chargers game. Yeah, Lions Chargers was fun. That was a lot of offense, like zero defense. I love overs. I love scoring. So that was a fun game to watch. Um, but yeah, just man, Chargers cannot pull it together when it's like crunch time. Their play calling, their execution, again, they're they're just not there as one of the top tier teams, like top tier teams execute in those situations and Chargers just couldn't. So happy to see Detroit win though. That was, that was fun. This is a really fun Detroit team to watch. Um, it's great to see Jameer Gibbs getting in the mix now. Amon Ross St. Brown is just on fire. Like just throw that dude the ball the whole time. And then you got Laporta on the other side of the tight end. So yeah, Lions and Chargers was fun. Um, Browns and Ravens. That was a really fun game too. That was crazy defensive game with points. Yeah, I want to get to that yeah. game. I want to unpack that game in a little bit. I just wanted to get through a little bit of a uh, few other ones before, because I kind of wanted to unpack that one and the Deshaun Watson news that just broke. Um, that mm, one, yeah. it's pretty sad for them, but no, I'm on the wrong, I'm on the wrong thing. Stupid app. I wanted to talk about the Cowboys. This is another week that we just saw Bully Ball from the Dallas Cowboys and obviously the Giants are struggling with um, DeVito behind center and this is the last season for them but C.D. Lamb has looked unstoppable and I know Cowboys fans are getting excited heating up what do you think that what do you think that their what do you think that their fate looks like going forward yeah I mean again this is a prime example of just Dallas is either bully ball or they can't execute in tight games like they did against the Eagles. So they've got Carolina next, Commanders, Seahawks. Those are their next three games. Got to play the Eagles again at home, though. So we'll see how that game goes. They've got relatively easy schedule. But, yeah, that real test for them is going to be the Eagles in four games at home. That's a Sunday night game. So. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see C.D. Lamb get in there. Brandon Cooks was getting into the mix as well. I'm just looking at the box score. C.D. Lamb had 14 targets. Brandon Cook had 10. So it was just, yeah, on fire. Rico uh, Rico Dowdle was the leading rusher for him over Pollard. 12 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. I'm so and pissed Dak- off about that, too. Because I, t- <laughs> I just traded for Tony Pollard. And this guy, I know. they're in a- they're in a super positive game script. I mean, they're winning by 30 points most of the game. Why aren't they running the freaking ball? And yeah, I was going to say my buddy Tony Pollard came away with 15 carries for 55 yards, and it just makes me want to pull my hair out. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, it, do- it seems like Dallas is a team that loves to use their second running back. I mean, we saw with D- uh, Zeke last year with Tony Pollard. Like, Zeke's a huge running back. Just use him on the goal line, power him in, but they seem to use Tony Pollard a lot last year. So maybe they're doing the same thing this year. They just love their second running back very well. So Dak was on fire. I mean, 404 yards, four touchdowns. He did have an interception, but rating of 138. Like, yeah, that was a great game for Dak. Again, it's going to be, can they do that against an Eagles team, against a division matchup, against a 
legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, Panthers might be a good test for them. Panthers' defense is not bad. Their offense is just horrendous. So they'll they'll win against the Panthers. It'll just be I think the Panthers are going to get exposed a little bit more um, than the Giants did. But yeah, you got Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders to finish out their their season. So we'll see. I'm excited to see them play in the first wild card weekend and get bounced. So it's Dallas Cowboys <laughs> football for you. Yep. Mike McCarthy just upsetting me left and right with his decisions with his running backs, with the way that he plays the game. I can't stand Dallas, can't stand their fans, can't stand the way that they play football. So <laughs> I hope that they lose round one and I will be uh I'll be very excited when they do. So yeah. um hopefully it'll be a team like the Commanders that sneaks into the playoffs that uh well, I don't think Dallas can win the division, so yeah, Dallas isn't winning their division. That's going to be the Eagles. So Dallas will probably yeah. be playing uh, the NFC South winner in the first mm-hmm. game. But the yeah. second game, Dallas definitely getting bounced. So, All right, yep. let's talk about the game of the week. Browns-Ravens. Yeah. I think this was the most fun game to watch. Uh, it was back and forth. And Ravens jumped to an early lead. You know, uh, they come out and they're up 14 to nothing. Browns. Offense sputtering, come back with a field goal, and then Brown's defense able to kind of get involved to get a get a stop, and the Ravens got three points, and then back-to-back field goals to finish the half. Made it a one-score game by halftime, and then the second half was just Brown's, Brown's defense coming to life. Yeah. Yeah, crazy game. I mean, both these defenses are just – Crazy. I mean, Cleveland's going to do well because their defense is really good. Baltimore has more offensive weapons and can run the ball more with Lamar. And now they've got Keen Mitchell in the the mix as well. So, but yeah, it was fun to see two defensive touchdowns in this game. And yeah, it was that like Baltimore came out hot and then kind of went cold, and Cleveland took advantage of that and came back and ended up winning the game by a field goal. So yeah, this game was really fun to watch. Um, Deshaun Watson did pretty pretty okay. Sucks to hear the news about him and for this Cleveland team just with the shoulder fracture. So we'll see who they decide to go with if they go with Walker or uh, Thompson to move forward. But yeah, great great defensive game. Even though it was high scoring, like both these defenses are really good. Yeah, I think that Cleveland's. Game plan going forward is just, hey, P.J. Walker, don't turn off, turn over the ball. Our defense yeah. is going to get stops. Yep. We just need to figure out how to score 14, 17 points a game and just win in really defensive matchup and a game script that we're just reducing the amount of times that we make mistakes. So I actually like this Cleveland Browns team moving forward, even with P.J. Walker. I think P.J. Walker is going to be able to get the ball to Amari Cooper. It seemed like Amari Cooper was picking up with P.J. Walker the past few weeks and Elijah Moore as well. So I actually like this team going forward. I think that the Cleveland Browns are going to be a sneaky team come playoff time, and you see that these defenses can can just, you know, stop a stop a really good offense in the playoffs and kind of ruin their season. So 
Yeah. I like I like the Browns going forward. Browns you know, when I look at their schedule, they got the Broncos next week. Uh, or the Steelers this upcoming week and then the Broncos after that. I think they should be able to get two easy wins there and then the Rams as well. That's three easy wins. Yep. I think that they're gonna be nine and three going into week fourteen against the Jaguars and I think that they're gonna be in a prime spot for for the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be a great spot for them if they can get to there. Yeah, and then just looking at Baltimore's schedule after this, they play obviously the Bengals this is tomorrow night, this Thursday night. Um, Chargers, then Rams, and then Jaguars, Niners will be a good game too. That's um, Christmas Day actually. Dolphins and the Steelers finish out their season. So yeah, yeah these, gonna... these two teams are definitely in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're going to be in that AFC playoff talk. So. This is going to be something that we see. Is Lamar Jackson going to give us MVP Lamar, or is he going to kind of turtle into his little shell and not be able to produce down the stretch against yeah. his big teams? We saw him in the fourth quarter, in the second half, really just kind of shut down. And part of that is the Todd Munkin offense. I don't think that they're feeding the right players. He keeps getting the ball to Zay Flowers, and they're running the ball with Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards. But your best freaking player is Mark Andrews. And, yeah, he's on my yeah. fantasy team, so I'm going to scream it all all day. But this past game against the Browns? Two receptions. Two receptions. Two receptions. Yeah. And he he just did not get the targets that he needed to. And when you have a guy that's going to be top in the league at his position, you got to feed the guy. You got to get the best players on your team the ball. So, if Lamar Jackson is getting the ball to Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham, guess what? You're probably going to lose down the stretch. And I know that mm-hmm. Cleveland's defense is good, and they were probably putting some good zone shells on Mark Andrews. But you got to find a way to get him the ball. The same way that yeah, the same way that Mahomes just force feeds Kelsey in big games when he needs big gains so yep yeah i agree on that one big target big tight end it's like you gotta figure out i mean the chiefs figure it out they figure out how to get the ball to kelsey still so yeah i agree with you on that one yeah and then we had uh if we finished our sunday with a terrible game i don't want to really talk jets raiders at all terrible game yeah it'll be interesting to see if aaron Rodgers can get back as everyone's kind of freaking out that he's going to get back and that the Jets might have some saving grace towards the end of the season. I don't see it happening, but... No. No, I mean, sitting where the Jets are, I know he wants to get out there and play, Rodgers does, but there's no point in rushing it back and then you just either re-injure it or injure something else again. So I don't see the point, but yeah, at least on the Raiders' side, they're... Moving forward with their interim head coach now is probably the best thing for this this organization. Now, they only put up 16 points, but they won the last two games. So morale is up with those guys. Those guys are actually wanting to play football, play a little harder, get into some games. So, yeah, great for the, the Raiders, and they're, they're moving forward. So the Raiders are 4-1 and one at home as well. I'm seeing that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it seems so, like a pretty tough place to play when that crowd is fired up and Max Crosby yeah. gets going. Yeah, that is true. 
And then yep. Monday night football, we had our Broncos fly to Buffalo. Denver has not won a Monday night game since before I was 16 years old. Yep. Before we could drive. That's ridiculous. So Denver goes into Buffalo, and Buffalo's had a rough skid lately, and Denver has started building some momentum. I don't think that it was any surprise that these two teams were going to play kind of a closer game, and I was surprised that the line stayed at more than a touchdown all week. But Buffalo yeah. Buffalo gets the ball to start. They win the coin toss. They say, we want the ball. We're going to score on this defense. First of all, why aren't you targeting Mathis on the defensive end? Like, Mathis Seriously. is the worst cornerback in football, and he's just given up yards left and right all season. So just throw the ball to yeah. Dave Davis. Just throw the ball throw to Dave Davis. And they turn over the ball on the first drive. Yeah. Buffalo wanted to start with all this momentum, and they just killed it right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, the turnovers by Buffalo killed them in this game. And I I have a feeling at times when there's turnovers in this game, Josh Allen does try to take the game over himself, and then that's when, unfortunately, he tries to force things, and then more turnovers happen. I mean, Josh Allen is a big quarterback, very mobile. He can sling the ball. You can get it to his receivers. But I think at times he thinks he just needs to take over the game. And that's just not going to work at the pro level unless you've got an insane, insane athlete. Like, he just can't do that. You can't force the ball into those situations. Um, James Cook, man, got to hold on to the ball. Like, there was twice where he, like, fumbled it. Luckily, the one he had the long run on, like, it literally fumbled and hit the ground and then came back up to him. And I was just like, dude, like, you're in open space. What are you doing? You're a professional running back. Like, you got to hang on to the ball, dude. So, yeah. Buffalo side of the ball was frustrating to watch just with their offensive targets. But as Bronco fans, that was a pretty fun game to watch. I mean, that catch by Cortland Sutton in the end zone, that was insane. That was one of the the best catches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's going to be, like, one of the catches of the year. Like, I don't know. If if we're in the red zone – just throw the ball to the ends of the end zone and have Cortland Sutton run there, and he'll just catch it. Like, it doesn't matter where it is on that end line. Just throw it there. Cortland Sutton's going to catch it. So, so on next-gen yeah. stats, the catch probability was the lowest catch probability of any touchdown catch ever at 3.2% catch probability. That's crazy. Crazy catch, but let's talk about how bad the throw was from Russell Wilson. He oh. takes the ball out of the pocket, spins – three times and then just hucks it up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just glad he threw the ball away. And it ends up yeah. in Cortland Sutton's chest and the breadbasket, and just an incredible catch. I think that dad built a lot of momentum for this Broncos team down the stretch. And I think that this Broncos team is starting to come together and learn what it looks like to play as a team. Going back to the yeah. Buffalo side of the ball though, on the offense, they got to be patient. Like you said, Josh Allen just forcing the ball in places where it can't be, and the offensive coordinator getting impatient won't stick with the run. They no. I know that you talked about James Cook fumbling the ball twice, but if they would have stuck with the run, I felt like they were having a lot of success. I felt like the Broncos' defense was kind of coming in, and they were able to move the ball more effectively through the run and the pass, and they just would not stick with it. They just kept trying to force the ball in places that it didn't need to be. 
And there's a few times yeah. that Josh Allen just threw bullet passes like 100 miles an hour at a dude's head. And uh, <laughs> it seems like a lot of his interceptions end up being tip balls that he's just thrown too hard. And yeah, I know that it's hard to say, hey, go throw it 80% or 90%, but you don't need to be throwing the ball 80 miles an hour at a guy, you know, when he's 20 no. feet away. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's hard to watch when that that kind of stuff happens. Um, yeah, Demar Hamlin made it come back. Demar Hamlin got back in the game. Um, saw after like the end of the game was crazy with um, Broncos taking that knee and then rushing the field goal unit on, and then Will Lutz actually missing the field goal, but then Buffalo getting called for twelve man on the field. Like the ending to that game was. Crazy, like very lucky for the Broncos. But crazy in a like, stupid way. Like I felt like both teams. Oh, yeah. I think that running your field goal team onto the field and rushing the field goal is just a horrible decision, no matter what. And yeah, having twelve men on the field is just inexcusable. That's. I mean, yeah. I guess one led to the other. So I guess you can say Sean Payton's a genius for making a really tough, yeah, tough play for the Bills defense. But it was just, I'm laying in bed, it's 11 o'clock here on the East Coast, and I'm just like, this is the most Broncos way to lose a game. And then the Bills go, but have you seen the way that the Bills lose games? Because that's way a second. Let us yeah. show you. So, um, <laughs> man, uh, the, only, the only other team that could pull something like this off would be the Dallas Cowboys or the Los Angeles Chargers. But, yep. man... Fun game to watch. I think it was great for great for the NFL, especially going into this Sunday night matchup. And the Broncos are going to take on the Josh Dobbs Minnesota Vikings. And one of those teams yeah. is going to come out with a win and put themselves in a good position to make a playoff run. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that game on Sunday night, and we'll break that down later in the week. Yeah, that game will be fun. That, that'll be a fun game here in Denver. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that one. It was fun too, to see, like, we actually got a little bit of like some glimpses of like the previous Russell Wilson, like the old Russell Wilson, where he's getting out of the pocket. He had a couple like shovel passes to P Ryan where I was like, Whoa, like right by the defender's head, got into the pocket. P Ryan was able to like scramble, get 10 yards here and there. So it was actually fun to see Russell. Like, I think he just gained some confidence. I think that throw to Sutton. Where he was like, dude, I was just maybe throwing that away, but you caught it. That like boosted his confidence a lot. So it was fun to see Russell actually like play like the Russell Wilson we know he is. He's never gonna get back to what he was though at Seattle. It was just kind of fun to see him be able to move a little bit, escape the pocket, dish it out and stuff. So that was fun. But Minnesota, Denver, that's gonna be a fun game. And Javante Williams, I think, is a big key to that because in Seattle, we saw Russell have a lot of success when they were pounding the ball running the ball a lot, yep. and then playing good defense on the other side of the ball. And that's just called complimentary football, and I think Sean Payton understands that. So going forward, this Broncos team is going to be a fun team to watch. Is I think that they can beat anyone, as we've seen the past couple games. They beat Kansas City, they beat Buffalo, and they beat Buffalo on the road. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that this team is going to make a big playoff playoff run. I don't think that they're there yet, but... They got some good players, both sides of the ball. So I'm excited yep. to see what they look like going forward. I don't know if Russell's the answer, but I'm not saying that he's not. All right, let's do it. 
And let's preview some Thursday night football. Yeah. All righty. Thursday night football, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going into Baltimore. This is a divisional rivalry, and there are going to be some offensive sparks flying. This is going to be a tight game. I'm really looking forward to this matchup, man. This is going to be the best Thursday night game that we've seen all year. Yeah, by far. Like, we actually get a good primetime game this year. Like, all the ones in the past 10 weeks have just been like, "Ah, I'll watch it because it's football, but I've, like, have not been super engaged in it. This is going to be a game where it's like, no, you're going to want to watch this. These are two great teams. Even though they both lost last week, they lost on field goals. So these are two great offenses um, that can run the ball, sling the ball around. Um, We'll see if T. Higgins comes back for Cincinnati, um, give another target to Joe Burrow. But, yeah, I'm looking at over and under in line already. The over and under on this game is 45.5. The spread is 3.5 for Baltimore. So, yeah, going into Baltimore, that's a tough place to play. Uh, That's a great stadium, a great environment, great fans. And it's a divisional matchup. So I also think uh, Ravens are wearing their, like, all-black unis. So it's just oh, going to be a pretty hype game. they're wearing their all-white unis. Cause I know. I, I hope they do because that would Bengals be The Bengals were wearing so their all-iced-out uniforms and the Ravens were wearing yeah. their all-black uniforms. That would be, that would be such sweet. a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, that game would be – oh, like – aesthetically like looking at the game it'd be like this is awesome like this just looks amazing so so um, after last week's losses the ravens are atop this division at seven seven and three they're a half game ahead of the steelers and the bengals are last place in the division at five and four the only team in mm-hmm. the division with four losses but i think that these two are the best two teams in the division do you think that this game, the winner is going to go on to win this division? Yeah, I think whoever wins this game is going to win the division. I haven't even looked at schedules yet. I don't think Cincinnati and Baltimore have played each other yet. So, yeah, week two. Week two is a tight game, 27-24. Um, Cincinnati lost to Baltimore. So that was obviously in Cincinnati. This is going to be the second game in this division. So, yeah, I mean, I see this as whoever wins this game is going to win this division. And I just want to throw something out there. Baltimore has looked really good at home, and they've looked like one of the strongest teams out there the past few weeks. But week two, the Bengals almost beat them. It was 24-27 in Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow was still nursing a calf injury and did not look great. And yeah. Joe Burrow's back now. And like you said, T. Higgins, we don't know if he's going to be back. We don't know what this wide receiving core is going to look like that night. I'm going to come out and say that I really like the Bengals in this matchup, not just to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread, because I can't believe they're giving uh, the Ravens more than a field goal in a divisional matchup against a really good team. I think Joe Burrow's going to come back pissed off that he lost last week. I think. This offense is going to be ready to put up some points on this Ravens defense. And unlike Dak Prescott, unlike Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, he's made for the big moment. And Thursday night's going to be a big moment. And 
the division could come down to this one game right here. So I'm excited to watch this game. The over-under is 46. I expect this game to be, I really want to say 27-24 Bengals, but that was the score in week two. Give me 24. Give me 24 to 20. Give me 24 to 20, Cincy. This game's going to be under. Divisional matchup, primetime game. I like the under in this one. I like the Bengals. So give me the Bengals plus three and a half and the under in this game. And I'm excited to watch it tomorrow. Got some good, got some good football to preview the rest of the week. Right now, that's all we have for our Wednesday episode of Talking Sports. Thank you for joining us. Grant and I will be back in the next few days with our Sunday preview and our Thursday night breakdown. And we will uh, we'll see you later. Cowboys stop.